Hey everybody, this is Randy Hales, Memphis Wrestling, and you are listening to Live and in Color with Sir Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to live and in color with Wolfie D, but this is no ordinary live and in color with Wolfie D. This is our one year birthday. We are one year old today. Me and my co-host Jimmy Street. Wow, I can't believe it, bro. <laughs> one year, man. Give me hell yeah! One whole year. Imagine what a baby does in a whole year. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. That's maybe a first word, you know. So well, that's where we're at in comparison yeah. to human life. We're just yeah. saying first words, you know what I mean? We're yeah, I want my smush cake. Well, what? I want a smush cake. <laughs> <laughs> they always give a one-year-old his own cake yeah. to smush, yeah, you know. It's all so, over himself. Yeah, yeah. We can we'll see if we can get that delivered to your house or something. Yeah. And this can, is going to be an awesome show. I'm excited, man. I'm, you know. Like I said, when you came to me, uh, you know, around a year ago, right? Said let's do this. I was like, it was the furthest thing from my mind, and uh, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that we ventured out on this, and I'm glad yeah. the people have been responsive to it, and uh, it's gotten me a little fired up, you know, about the wrestling business again. So it's been a, a win, I think, for everybody involved. So absolutely. Dressing and um, you know we do have, you know the whole year you'd think we would have had Jamie on here by now, but due to um, mental challenges, uh, we seem <laughs> to make that happen. Uh, but anyway, another guest that we've been wanting to have is the Booker and the guy that gave PG thirteen their. First shot, not created the team, but gave us that chance, believed in us. Today, we got Randy Hales. Yes, I'm so excited for this. This is one of those golden guests because, you know, not that, I mean, we we, we had Lawler so early on. Right. I mean, I, I, one day I hope we can have him back for sure. I know he's yeah. a busy man, but, you know, we had Lawler so early on. It was like we had Ricky Morton. We had Father Jim. We had yeah. great guests early on. It was just like, bam, bam, bam. And then we had your story. So let me dial it back just for a second, Wolfie, because you touched on something that I want to touch on. There's a two-parter here i don't want to take too long because we got randy here but my first thing is is i had been thinking about this honestly for about a year before i got with you only it was just in thought it was like man that'd be cool i've always wanted to do a podcast and dude wolfie's always saying funny stories on his facebook it would be awesome to try to see if we could pull a podcast out i knew you you know we were like best friends or even really friends we were like acquaintances that met in the wrestling business right and we you know we'd been friends on social media 
course, yeah. and we we kept in touch with each other through that. But really, you know, other than a passing thought, it wasn't. So right. I just decided one day it was like it was around July of last year, early July. I called you and I said, "Hey, man, I sent you a message in Messenger, and I said, "Hey, bro, can I give you a call? Would you mind?" He was like, "Ah, oh, man, text easier. What you what you got?" I'm like, "This is kind of <laughs> too long to, to say in a text. So if you have five <laughs> seconds." <laughs> and that's cool, man. You know, I get that, brother. You know, and so I talked to you and I said, hey, blah, 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 podcast. You want to do a podcast? You had a great story. Oh, my gosh. I'd love to hear your story. Everybody would love to hear your story. And you had already said, yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> but I kept going. So that was funny. Then we started our first few podcasts and really we were just feeling each other out. It was more like a fan interviewing one of his favorite wrestlers. Then it turned into a friendship and a co-host ship and just a good time. So we really started getting the feel of each other and, and how things worked. We evolved as a couple. Yes, we did evolve <laughs> as a couple. It grew deeper. <laughs> we are, yeah, we are the current USWA tag team champions of podcasting. So, but let me just say this. There have been times throughout this year that I have received messages, not from just one person, that have said to me, and I feel like I can say this to you. They have said, hey, I love the podcast. We really, it's great, you know, but we're surprised that you're able to keep Wolfie going. And (laughs) I hope, you know, we're going to enjoy it while it lasts, essentially. (laughs) And while thank you for listening for that for the time you did. But right now I want to give a nana, nana boo, boo. (laughs) (laughs) We made it to year one. So yes, we don't want to toot our own horns, but beep, beep, beep down Sesame. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, exactly. Hey, I, I found you to be very responsible and very open to many of my ideas that I've had for the show. You know, you've let me kind of do the the part that I needed to do to make it to where I could earn having your name on it. And and that may yeah. sound crazy, but the the point is is I've worked really hard on this show. You've worked hard on this show, but the the beauty of it is is you are the name, so but I work every day to earn that. So I'll do a great you know. job. I've said that more than once. Oh, you have. You know, you, I just get on here and talk and kind of set up guests and give you ideas and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do. That's all I need. That's all I need. Let me do the rest. (laughs) That I'm happy to do the rest because like you said, first you have the name. Second, you have the connections. Three, you have the stories. Four, you have great ideas. So we put all that together. I put a little sweat equity into it and we get it done, man. I love yeah. it. You know. And thanks to everybody once again that's that's tuned in with us and, and is growing with us. So I just want to say happy birthday, dude. We you know, this <laughs> happy is awesome. Birthday to us. <laughs> All right. Yes. So we'll be back with Randy Hales. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, folks, we're back. And as I promised you on this one-year birthday, again, we are one-year-old, just like a little baby infant. And (laughs) we've learned to walk and we've said a couple of words. So now next year, we're on to bigger and better things. But today, as I said, Randy Hales is on here. Randy, what's going on? Hey, Wolfie, I'm going to start this program and I am going to shock you because I'm going to ask you a question and you can't answer the question unless you've been stalking my social media. You will not believe, as I do this recording right now, you will not believe where I am. You will never guess in a million years. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Yeah, I don't even know where to start. Can you give me some sort of clue? Can we play a game with this? Yes. We could. It, I am doing something that most wrestlers used to do all the time. You did. Jamie Dundee didn't do. Bill Dundee did do. Jerry Lawler didn't do. Jeff Jarrett does do. Where am I right oh my now? God. Oh, my God. Randy, you're either doing cocaine or you're standing on top of a bridge about to jump, which is it. He said Jamie no, didn't I, do it. Oh, Jamie didn't do it. I, yeah, I said Jamie <laughs> didn't do this, and certainly we can get into the cocaine and the bridge a little later on. If you want yes. to go there, I'll go there. However, believe it or not, I am sitting in my hometown of Jonesboro, Arkansas, where my story began, I'm yeah. sitting here at the gym. Can, now, what does that not shock you? I'm at the gym. Oh, that gym. You're actually in the gym working out. That's awesome. Well, actually, I'm outside in the parking lot so I could do this. <laughs> I'm thinking if I cut a wrestling promo, here's the thing. Lately, my health was a little, little shady, a little diabetes different yeah. things so i joined the Not i joined us. the gym and i joined the gym and then so far no weights just i i walk five miles a day and i swim like laps at five o'clock in the morning just trying to stay healthy yeah. but i know awesome. that would be shocking to you that's that, awesome that is very very shocking but that's awesome i'm proud of you yeah yeah i'm glad yeah yeah cool. yeah um, so as I told the people, you know, I've told a lot of my story on here as well as we've had guests and things like that and talked about their stories, but, you know, obviously the names that pop up during my story, you know, it, you, it, you can't tell my story without saying your name. I can't do it without saying Jamie's name. Right. Uh, so let's just tell the people what, I guess where we should start would be, you know, Jerry Jarrett brought us in and used us as undercard heels, a lot of, you know, ha-ha Shakespeare stuff, uh, but we could work. And then we got let go. We went to Mexico, and then I came back, and I, I think you were the booker by that point. 
And then when Jamie came back, you put the straps on us over the eliminators. What gave you the, I guess, the courage? Because, you know, at first everybody was like, Randy's putting the belts on PG. You know, what the fuck's he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So what gave you the courage or the, I'm pretty sure I can make these guys get over? Or, I mean, where did that come from? You know, what did you see? You know, what I saw is when I wasn't with the company then, when Jerry Jarrett brought you in, I thought you guys just had it. I like personal issues type of stuff. And, and first of all, with Jamie, the pros and cons, and I'll tell you the pros right, right now, he knew what he was doing. But the main thing with Jamie, he had that history that I thought that the people would get with. And certainly mm -hmm. with you, I think as I started to know you and you knew the history of Memphis wrestling and you knew what worked here and what didn't work here mm -hmm. and you wanted it bad. You wanted yeah. it more than Jamie because you would do the work and Jamie would do the work in the ring, but you absolutely wanted it bad. You were a, a can't miss. I'll tell the, yeah. the quick story a little bit. You said we could throw road stories and yeah. I can tell you the very first road trip we made together and I was living in Jonesboro but I was in Nashville or Hendersonville with Red West and we were putting the Monday Night Memory show together as far as the video stuff that we right. had it was, the, it was kind of the the preview segments to put it together so I was in Hendersonville well Jamie called me and said and I was uh, I was back but uh, at at that that point, but I was the assistant booker. Jamie called and said, Whoopi doesn't have a ride. Can he ride with you? And, mm -hmm. and I said, yes. And then, then he called back and he said, Whoopi's a little leery riding with the office. And he said, I told him you don't care. You won't care if he smoked the Fernum Journal. And I said, no, absolutely. If he take, if he smokes the Fernum Journal, I'll smoke the Fernum Journal. He just, I'll, I'll protect him. He needs to not see Joe me. So it was yeah, great. Yeah. So that trip, I would think in 30 or 40 years of making these trips, I'm sure you're remembering it too. It was in the middle of an ice storm on a Friday night when he, oh, yeah. to this day, it's the most dangerous trip that we yeah. turned the, we, we turned a curve on the interstate and there was big ass trees in the middle of the road. I mean, our, our life. Coated in ice. <laughs> it, it was awful and it ended up. No electricity in Memphis. You ended up going to Tony Williams, Kid Wicked later on at Power Pro, and Spellbinder has to stay. I went to Lawler's. I had more of an in with Lawler than you do. I don't think he liked you back then. Anyway, he liked me. <laughs> and so I, I went to Lawler's. There was no electricity, and I swear to God, it, it was cold as it could be, but he had sleeping bags, and, uh -huh. and me and Stacy and Lawler <laughs> slept in in a sleeping bag in front of the fireplace at Lawler's house, then 5191 at Grove Road. All in the in same Memphis. sleeping bag, Randy? No, no, separate sleeping <laughs> oh, bags. I know I know. we both have kinky stories to tell. This is purely <laughs> business. There wasn't goofy going on, on there at the, the time. I kind of regret that, that there was nothing goofy going on. And I can right. tell them, anyway, we won't, we won't go there, but the same thing just <laughs> in my mind the next day so 
I go to TV. Whoopi gets a ride to TV. He has a ride set up to go back to Nashville later later on because I'm going back to Jonesboro. But the problem was, I guess we're too stupid to figure this out. Not only was there no electric at the the motels, there was no electric at the TV show. So that's a they had generator power, but yeah. they were wall to wall coverage. So it's the only show in history. Just a couple of times from the weather office, Dave would do a cut-in. So I got my Memphis memory preview in, but we were all there for for nothing. Maybe I directed Dave on the wrestling stuff, but it yeah. was a very, very dangerous trip. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. I remember it. Yeah, like you said, there was nobody, nobody on the road. I believe we got stopped once, told... We shouldn't be on the road. And we told them what we, you know, we got to be in Memphis in the morning to do TV and they let us on through. But I think me and you, did we take turns driving? I don't remember. I remember you driving. I don't remember if I did it. I feel like I did. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was like just so dark. And then all of a sudden there'd be a frozen tree laid across the road and we'd have to go around it. And a, a three hour, three and a half hour trip turned into what was it? Like seven or eight, Randy? Eight. Wow. eight yeah. yeah, it, it was uh, terrible and we had had one other uh funny snow trip we left t- tv and i it was snowing like heck and i called eddie marlin and i said are we running the town tonight and he thought i was on drugs i probably was <laughs> anyway but but uh, and he said what are you talking about i i said i want an overrunning tonight and i told him our situation so he said no you're crazy he said it's fine it's fine by the time we got i think to 160, 116 mile marker. It started snowing, and by the time we were at the uh, probably the 143, Eddie called. Towns canceled, and then <laughs> Tommy Rich. Tommy Rich was with us on on that trip, and that was an adventure trip as well. Do you remember that one? Uh, I've been with Tommy so many times. I can't. Yeah, probably I remember it. If and then. Different. <laughs> then Jeff Jeff had a WWE booking, but we wanted to take advantage, and uh, I won't name drop if it's bad feelings or, or whatever. Your future baby's mama back in the day, and you know uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is before uh, this is before your daughter Casey was born, but uh, you guys. And me and Tex Schlesinger and oh, yeah. Road Dog Jesse James, we went out to Jeff's house. He wasn't there, yeah, but Jill led. was. And we, for hours, we slid, slid down that 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 hill on Cumberland Hills uh, Drive. I thought that was fantastic. Jill, uh, Jeff's ex wife, who was uh, passed, she was out there with us yeah. too. Um, oh, yeah, she played. We yeah. all played. Everybody but Tex. And what was he getting later on? In w- He'd never seen snow before. He stayed in the car the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. That. And, you know, I'm rambling on just stuff that comes through my mind. But let me answer your question about how did I know. I yeah. just knew. And I I saw not being pushed. You were getting having some of the best matches, if not the best match of the card. This had always been a tag team territory, and yeah. there had not been a money drawing babyface tag team since the fabulous ones in in the mid '80s. So it's been ten years. So I knew 
that was the theme. And then when I got the book, I just knew there was no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind. And this is what I say. I think what got we got you over is that five or six weeks in a row, and this got heat on me. But yeah. I had the end game in my mind. Five yep. or six weeks in a row, little bitty old Jamie Dundee, little bitty old Wolfie D, by little bitty Booker Randy Hills calling what we're doing, five weeks in a row, and help me, Perry Saturn and John Cronus, the Eliminators, right? Right. That, beating them every week, even though you sold like a son of a gun, they beat you up, you got your hand raised every time, that five weeks, that what got you over then what put you in the spot to draw money was phase number two phase number two was the program with tommy and doug that that's maybe my favorite some of the stuff we did with mama b d and papa d and we could talk more about that later going back going back real quick to the to the eliminators man i just dude that was you know that was by the skin of our teeth man you say you know we beat them every week and all that. And if you'll recall, they didn't really like that too much. And it was no. fresh out of Japan and, you know, <laughs> hell, man. And I remember a couple of times, you know, knowing what was going on, I knew they were disgruntled about their pay and their, you know, where they were living and, uh, and, then, and then getting beat by us all the time. But they liked us. But at the same time, you know how Perry was, and then Cronus, he was just kind of like a like a little giant puppy, and and you never knew like are these guys going to take this shit out on us tonight because they're already beating the shit I was sorta, but are they just going to snap one night? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and do you agree with me that initially is what got you over by surviving that? Yeah, and surviving is a great word, Randy. (laughs) <laughs> hey Jimmy I don't know how much you saw about the early days of PG-13 I'll flat out uh, tell you personal wise Jimmy Dundee hadn't uh, is not one of my favorite people in the world or hadn't been in the world but as far as a wrestler and as far as a tag team PG-13 made me look like a genius you know yeah. they were getting over their pay increased but who did it make good? Because I certainly, my back was to the wall. I had Jerry Lawler come to me and say, hey, oh, hey, Randy, oh, said, I saw a friend of mine, blah, 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 and they were in a bar, and they were saying they were knocking PG-13. said, people saying they're too little, they couldn't beat nobody. And I said, yeah, King, <laughs> but uh, how business compared to what it was before I started pushing PG? And he had yeah. to say, it's up. I said, now, Louisville and Nashville, Memphis was different because it was on Monday nights and we had to fight the Monday night wars eventually. But Louisville and, you know, too, Wolfie, Louisville mm-hmm. and and Nashville both was doing the best business it had done in like five, six, seven years. Right. There's no doubt. And, and the most over tag team babyface side that we had since, as I said, don't want to repeat myself, but this is a strong statement, Jimmy, strong statement. You have to go back to the fabulous ones to get a team that was more over as baby faces than BG-13. You have to. I mean, there's 
there's none. I mean, PG-13 was over more than the rock and roll was in Memphis, period. I know people say, oh, I understand that they had a hell of a run in Mid-South. They had a hell of a run in WCW, and they're one of the greatest tag teams in the world. They had a hell of a run in Memphis as heels against PG that we'll get to. But I'm telling you that uh, rock and roll was second to, was not the money team the fabulous ones were. The money team in this era of the USWA was PG-13. And again, it made me look brilliant. I just knew it would work, and they did. neither one of them let me down, and they came through every time. Hey, yeah. check this out. I'm going to bring this up. I'm, we're, we're about to talk about two of our friends real quick, because I think you've heard of this. And if you don't want to talk about it, we'll edit it out. But did, did uh, one of our friends, one of our very good friends, tell you that Ricky said that them putting us over killed Memphis? Have you heard this? I told you that. Okay, I thought, wow. Doug, I thought Doug told me. But anyway, yeah. No, well, I told you that Doug told me. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, and, do you think he's So really? go ahead, let, let's, let's time, time, time out. Let, let's slow down. So right. this, and we'll just go ahead and say, say uh, name. You know, everybody has to know Ricky. Ricky is Ricky. And Doug tells me, we have to know Doug, too. Doug yeah. knows what can yeah. stir me up. <laughs> this stirred me up because yes. for Ricky Morton to say that what killed the Memphis Territory is because Randy Hills had the rock and roll put over of the uh, PG put over or rock and roll put over PG. See, I'm getting so excited and fired up about this. I'm excited and stubborn and I'm excited. He's saying that Ricky Morton said we killed the territory because they had to put over PG-13. It's a bunch of bull. It was the best business. That program was absolutely the best business had done in the Memphis Territory in years. And you yeah, can throw the Jeff Jarrett in there. You can go Jerry Lawler in it. The main events in that era did the best business in absolutely years. But I 100% see Ricky believing that or saying that. I don't see him yeah. believing it. I see him saying that. And I yeah. see Doug. I see Doug just getting me fired up. I'm just going to throw on now. My blood pressure, I got to stop and take my medicine, man. Well, Doug, Doug told me, he said, because we're supposed to see all of us should be together, I think, on September the 11th. I think there's something in the works in Memphis. But uh, so he said, when we see each other, I'm going to put Ricky in front of you and I'm going to tell him to tell you. So we'll see how that goes. That'll be funny. Yes. That'll be funny. And <laughs> just that, Can you Ricky, record that somehow? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll be a, that'll be a special podcast it'll be yeah. it'll be rated uh double r or some kind of thing yeah, <laughs> that's funny and you know i i got that with you guys i got it a lot but it came to a point probably in the middle of the rich gilbert program i didn't get that anymore uh, yeah. and not every not every home run we hit with you guys will work and i can say i can name some and I don't know if it's something I did 
I don't know. It was something you believed in heavy, and I tried to go with it. It just didn't get over. Remember? Yeah, After, yeah. At one point, Mephisto and Dante. Right. And you had right. great luck in the independence. It just didn't uh, yeah. work, and some makeshift things, it didn't yeah. work. And also, with Techno Team 10,000 or whoever they were, Bill Watt's son, and <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, that thing didn't work. But yeah. uh, overall, in a money situation, uh, with Rich and Gilbert and and with the entire Smoky Net Mountain program, I'm real proud of that. As yeah. proud of that than anything I've ever done in wrestling. And you and you know what I can say is that even though on some of those teams you named, I mean, the Gambler and Brick House, the Phantoms, right. The Fisto right. Dante, yeah. uh, the, the techno team. You know, there was some teams in there that we didn't have classic matches with. We didn't have a classic angle, but we were still able to keep ourselves over enough that when it came time for the right team and the right angle to come along again, we were still at that level. Jerry Lawler didn't draw a house against his opponents every Monday. You would pretty much guarantee if you booked him against Terry Funk or Austin Idol or Jimmy Vaggett, he will build a D, he would draw. However, sometimes you just get where you don't have a crew, and it became more difficult yeah. to get a crew once the, the expansion happened of the wrestling business. And, and certainly the territories were dying, and Memphis was the last surviving territory in the and we were basically, we would get talent because they thought it was a stepping stone right. to the big money. And I completely understood that. Or like Jamie and Wolfie or Doug or Tommy, they were from, or Brian Christopher. Brian Christopher would, would rather do Memphis TVs than Monday Night Raw. He proved that in the Power Pro days. He would come home and get a rare, uh, rare day off. He would, many of TVs be there at 9 o'clock in the, the morning and then at 1 o'clock catch a plane and he wasn't getting paid it was hmm. just he, he was born to be a mythos wrestler and Whoopi, your background growing up watching wrestling you watched all wrestling but you grew right. up watching the Memphis wrestling you started as at, at, at a young age so you were a perfect fit as was jamie and you know and i certainly this is not gonna be uh a now, I might cuss Jamie or say something bad, bad about Jamie, but the first time somebody else tells me that you guys didn't draw money, I take that real personal. Real yeah, personal. right, right. It's because right. I tell you, too, and I agreed with him. We died laughing. Is uh, We said... All right. He said, he said, Randy's hotter about it than you are about what Ricky said. <laughs> I started dying laughing. <laughs> of course Randy is out there. Was, that was my baby. You know, no, I know, I know. I, I mean, I, I that know. What you mean. I just thought it was funny. And, and so Jimmy, here's the deal. The USWA Smoky Mountain program kind of oh, evolved. It. It, it evolved into that. The original idea I tried for Memphis Memories 2 that ran on a Saturday to book Rock and Roll against uh, PG. It might have been Wolfie's idea. I'm not sure, but that's what I wanted to do. And they were in Smoky Mountain. They they were doing a, a uh, taping. It was a Saturday show in Memphis, but the Sunday show, they were available for Memphis. And I knew from the get-go I wanted to go with PG. 
I wanted to go with rock and roll. I wanted PG over. It was a in my my mind going into that deal. I it was going to be a, a one a one shot deal. I was going to get uh, have PG go over, and it would help their credibility, and we would go there. However, Wolfie came to my apartment, and he wanted input on the finish. He more modernized the finish. I think the final part of we did what I wanted to do, but Wolfie really added creativity, more the new modern style. Now it would be from 20 years ago, so it would be the old style, but it was was state-of-the-art finish type of thing. I typed up and I gave it to Mr. Detail, Jim Cornette, and uh, every one of them in that dressing room that day had had blank stares. They'd never, <laughs> ne- never seen something like that. Certainly getting five typewritten pieces of paper with that finish. However, I asked Cornette, I said, man, you know, basically these guys, and if you remember this story, there was he, he said, yeah, I can give them to you uh, almost every Monday night, every Tuesday night, every Wednesday night, if you want very few Saturdays, but every once in a while I can get you on a Saturday. So yeah. we'd already given that finish, but I came to you and I said, I came to, to the group, I said, guys, I just got more dates on, on the rock and roll. We'll do the finish as planned. Ricky's wife, my future wife, Andrea, was there, and he had asked to involve her as the valet. They were obviously the heels, and I said, we'll do, we'll do heat. We'll do a sneak attack, and, and I don't know if it was paint we did or what we did. I think it was paint. It yeah, was. I think she spray-painted yellow on Jamie's back or my back or one of both of us. I don't remember, yeah. Both of you. But, so, so that guy... Played that on TV, and uh, that match looked pinky rock and roll and Louisville and night to remember. I mean, it was Jerry Jarrett sat with me in the bleachers watching the match. He had been away in the WWE, and he remembered you guys uh, as the underneath funny tag team, but funny kind of means more money. We kept your personality, but we booked you in a main event way. And so when you guys came out, and I can tell you, and I'm going to let you elaborate and tell Jimmy and your audience (laughs) after I tell them, but I'm telling (laughs) my feelings right there, that music hit. You guys came out, the building set up great. Spotlight was right on you. and. And you got up on the stage and did your little dance or whatever you you did, and it was the most. I'm sure it's the most, one of the most thrilling situations you've ever been in. Yeah. As the Booker, it was thrilling to me to see that, and and Jerry Jarrett sitting right beside me. And I don't know if I ever told you this, but mm-hmm. he said he he just wasn't. A, too much acting like he was interested. He was getting up to go. I said, no, you got to watch this match. He said, it is. I said, rock and roll in PG. And he said, I've, I've seen the rock and roll a million times and I've seen PG. So he was pretty much saying, this ain't going to be anything special. I said, no. I said, you need to sit here and watch this match. And it came through. It was more than what I thought it would be. And I thought it would be great. I thought it would be the match of the night. I didn't necessarily think it would be uh, the the match uh, 
that would be, I think, the best match I ever booked in my life. Yeah. Part one of G and Rock and Roll. But then he was like, he was spending his uh, cup to Dreadman, and he said, kid, what in the hell have y'all done with (laughs) PG-13? I said, got him over, boss, got him over. (laughs) So you're feeling... Your feelings on that coming out party, and I would assume you agree with me, that was the real coming out. Couldn't have done it without Tommy and Doug, but yeah. this main event level, big time stars that people still talk about today was because of that match right there. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, obviously you could feel the difference of the overness, I guess you'd call it. Uh, they believed in us. They wanted us to win really bad. And I think Jamie and I, uh, especially at the end, the one thing that I really remember is when the three count hit and we grabbed the belts and we basically are falling down with each other, hugging and so excited. And it was it was true emotion, obviously, but, you know, an over-the-top true emotion, but I thought we pulled it off so genuinely because, again, I feel that it was genuine that we had just won that really big match that, you know, I met Ricky Morton when I was, shit, like eight years old. He was at my apartment. So I don't know if I ever told you that story, Randy. I know Jimmy's heard it. And oh, I yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, there was a lot to that, you know, a lot of layers there. Here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. And I don't want to talk to He's Jimmy. He's knocking Jimmy, me <laughs> this is a difference. This is a different mindset of drawing money and not drawing money, whether it's a wrestler or a booker or whatever. This is the mentality, and this is an old saying, but it's actually absolutely 100% true. And with Jamie and Wolfie, and with me, and with the rock and roll, and with those people in that building, every one of them, here's the saying it's still real to us. Damn it. Yes. It's yes. real, real to us, damn it. And that's what we portrayed. I portrayed it by sitting in the back with Jerry Jarrett, admiring it. They worked their ass off. They're the guys that, that did it. You can be as brilliant and creative as you want to, but you have to pass the ball, and they have to run the play, and they have to execute it lawlessly to draw money. And, yeah, and they did. That's just I still I get as enthused and passionate about that moment now, Whoopi. Yeah, than I than I and ever man, have. What you say about at a at a lower level on you know some indie shows and some things like that. I've like kind of helped book or helped do my own thing or you know stuff like that. And then obviously, help we couldn't help but to come up with ideas in the car riding together and stuff. But man just doing like some of the indie stuff, trying to give these guys uh, something that in my head is like, how can they not get this right? Cause for me, it would be something that just is second nature, blah, 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 blah. How could you fuck this up? And I don't mean just like a finish. I mean, just how to do the angle and how to get it over and the little things. I, it was so frustrating to me because it's like, I can't do every part of this and I want to because it would be better. You know what I mean? And you you had people that could interpret what you were saying and make it happen, like you said, without, you know, without flaws. We could execute what the plan was, you know? I think it was, if you had your, when you're right, people, do you think, and I, I don't want to knock somebody, but the, 
the tea stills or or, uh, <laughs> or we can go Ken Raper or or, or even uh, people like Gorgeous George the Third that we put in the situation when Doug's brother Eddie died and mm-hmm. had George take Doug's place and we had some great matches, mm-hmm. but we had to if it wasn't me telling him everything to to do like in a promo or being very detailed in the finish, then it was Tommy, and then it was you and Jamie leading through it. Right. You, Whoopi D, was born to be a pro wrestler. Jamie Dundee was too. So, I gave you the uh, the push. I, you can give anybody a push. I gave a lot of people pushes that didn't get over. Yeah. It's, it's being able to run this, the play, and so I... Absolutely. The biggest credit I take with the success of PG and the success, and I think it's a big deal that I was the one that gave you the that gave you the big plays. You had been given plays. I'm right. the first person on television that built the company. Everybody knew that you were the the guys, but. You wouldn't have been about guys long if you if you wouldn't have executed. I just knew you would execute it. It was not risky. You asked how much guts did it take. It didn't take any guts at all, other than a normal thing. You always knew that if it didn't work, you can be replaced as a booker yeah. anytime, anytime. Yeah. So that's why you have to have uh, a good relationship. Not have to be friends with. Like I wouldn't. Friends with Jamie, he drove me nuts. But at the same time, <laughs> I trusted him. I trusted him with the ball. It right. wasn't that I distrusted you, and I can guarantee you, you were pushed just because uh, you rode on these trips with me. That wasn't it at all. Yeah. Because my livelihood, my livelihood was at stake. So if I didn't believe that you guys could draw money, or if say the first program wouldn't have drawn. I'd say if the Rich Gilbert program didn't draw, you would not have probably got the Smoky Mountain program later on. Yeah. Because yeah. my livelihood and, and everybody's payoffs, everybody's, even though none of us were making a lot of money, but they were making more money than they were five years before in that territory. You guys yeah. were doing pretty good. But that's a big responsibility on being tough being on top because if you don't get that, if you don't draw money, you're not going to be on top very long. Right. That is a true statement. True statement. Jimmy, I feel like uh, you're leaning back, you're soaking it in and you've got something good for Randy. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Randy, this has just been like I'm the rookie in the back and I'm listening to you guys ride along the roads and maybe we're passing a beer, a little Furnum or whatever. But <laughs> the the funny well, the, 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 the about killed me with the A class top of the line Furnum. That's not really Furnum. <laughs> that about killed me, but that's another story for another day. Go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, I want to talk to you. You. Yeah. If I never need a wrestling announcer, I like your voice. We'll hire your ass, okay? <laughs> I, well, Randy, that means a lot. Thank you so much for that. That that's uh, I'm going to put that as the title of the episode. <laughs> so I'll hire your ass. <laughs> so let me let me say something, and it's a two parter. It's really simple though. First of all, I have audio proof that Ricky 
said something different. So I don't know that what he said to Doug or whatever, I'm not getting into that, but there was on air episode number five, people can go back. Ricky specifically says PG 13 kept USWA afloat while Jarrett and Lawler were in the WWF. So I'll play the clip on the show when it comes up at, to this time, but he did say that, you know, when, when you keep a territory afloat, and you got to understand, this is after Dundee's gone. This is after Lawler's gone. Yeah, I, I think all of them were gone. Yeah, Lawler and Jeff were gone both. Yeah, they went to WWF, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, yes, and it was just yeah. us. And see, when you keep a territory afloat like that, yeah. that's accomplishing a lot. Hell uh, yeah. So whether he disagreed with himself or just didn't want to say it to Wolfie, we'll, we'll not get into that. But you have to send that to me so that when I see him, I can yeah. play right there. <laughs> of course I will. You know I will. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors. And we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. So the Smoky Mountain USWA feud. I was a kid from around Bristol, Tennessee, Virginia. So Smoky Mountain was my, you know, main choice of wrestling after Crockett, you know. And Smoky Mountain to me... You know, I got to see a lot of the guys locally. I could go to my local high school and see them. What the, the first part of my question is, is was there ever going to be something if the Smoky Mountain had lasted? Was there ever going to be the opposite to where USWA would have invaded Smoky Mountain? And also, was there anything planned in that feud that you did not get to, basically, if that makes sense? Well, first. First of all, to answer that question that I said earlier, that wasn't set in my mind that this would be a program. It just evolved. After the first week, Robert Gibson, I think, suggested 
to me. He said, hey, man, said our referee Mark Curtis is a, a big, big wrestling fan, and he loves Memphis, and he would love it if uh, he'll do it for free if he would referee. This was the first PG rock and roll match in, in Memphis. He said he would love it if he could referee the opening match. He'll do it for for free. And and then I said, said no, we're not going to do that. And he gave me the biggest go to the hell look because it just clicked in my head. I said, what we will do, first of all, he will get paid for it. What we will do, we'll announce him as the Smoky Mountain referee. We'll have yeah. him screw PG at the end and put him there. So the program evolved from there. Uh, we brought brought in d- different uh, people, including Tracy Smothers was the uh, big ad. We had Terry Gordy just later on, the Heavenly Body, just on and on and on. So it evolved. Buddy Landell, Buddy Landell came up, came in. You're exactly right. On the other end. Cornette felt, and I think it would have might have saved Smoky Mountain. It might have saved it. And Cornette's going in his podcast, and he said he felt I was taking people that had already been over in our territory and incorporated them into this program with people that were were over. He felt that the Brian Christophers of the world and the PG 13s and the Richards and the, the Gilberts that the Maybe not so much Tommy because he had the National Atlanta run, but he didn't want to go full force with it. I did an angle where I was a heel and I went to one of their TVs, and I don't know, Jimmy, if you saw it, but I actually sucker punched Mark Curtis and ended up having a, a match in Knoxville with Mark Curtis. Obviously, uh, he went over. We did the old, one of my favorites, the old uh, one, one foot of powder, and he kicked it in my face, and he schoolboyed yeah. me. Uh, suddenly, yeah. he had called me, he wanted to do Hark and Runners and all kinds of crap, and I called Cornette, and I said, are you a freaking crazy? I said, <laughs> I said, I can have a match that people go crazy with with a fight, doing this wrestling crap and all the stuff he wants to do. So Cornette apologized and that sort of thing. But we brought PG in um, to an Oxford show, and one big one was Shawn Michaels, I think, on on, on the card. Uh, and Whoopi and Jamie and I made that trip together. They stayed over to work the next night. But so I think it could be successful. So Whoopi, throw that back to you. Do you agree with me that we could have saved that company? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. I wanted that so bad. I wanted that to happen so bad, and I hate that it didn't. I'm with you, man. I think it would have worked uh, because, hell, when we went there, you know, we worked Tracy and Dirty White Boy that one time on that big show, and, hell, we had heat like a motherfucker, and we ain't even been there. They yeah. just they knew what was going on. They the, the, I know there wasn't a, a internet really happening, but... I guess maybe word of mouth, something, something yeah. left those fans up there to know that the, the Memphis guys are doing this to our guys down there, and here they right. come up here, and you know, yeah. and we were heavenly bodies, and and we we were heels, and I just yeah, man, I I wanted to do that so bad because it worked so well for us, and I was on the baby face end taking the asshole, but I was ready to give one. <laughs> 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 hey, let, let me ask you another question because here's a pet peeve of mine. Some somebody does, and somebody's there, and I want you to be be uh, honest 
completely. One of the things maybe Cornette had said on his podcast, or maybe and maybe just the fans have assumed it, but when everybody loves the Smoky Mountain, and let's uh, Jimmy what he's heard about this, but one of the things they say, yeah, this Smoky Mountain program with USWA was great. Uh, Jim Cornette and Randy Hills did a great job of booking that. So I wanted <laughs> you to set the, the record uh, straight and tell the viewers, tell Jimmy, tell the world who booked the Smoky Mountain USWA program. Uh, Randy, you did. Unless there was some kind of uh, secret phone calls between you and Cornette that I'm unaware of, that was that was all you and us, and you know everybody yeah. involved throwing in their ideas and you yeah. uh, you mixing it into the casserole and uh, baking the baking the casserole, man. And it was yeah, tasty. Yeah, that makes me hot. <laughs> I think I think Cornette's uh, brilliant. However. Yeah, uh, and he did a great job with Smoky Mountain. How, however, it just you know he he about killed himself running that Smoky Mountain. He about went broke as as well. It was all in, in to that. Even the the very first Rock and Roll PG thirteen match. My idea, and it was a Randy Whoopi collaborative effort about to finish. Nobody else, me and you, unless you guys want. You got in the back, you tweak stuff. You yeah. know, I don't think it was tweak. Do you remember? I I can't. But yeah, it, it was great stuff. So, so Jimmy, I'll put you on the spot. Who have <laughs> you heard was mastermind of that program? <laughs> well, I heard that it was all funneled down from you know a seek. No, I'm just kidding. Randy Hales. I mean, if we're being honest, everybody knows it's you, brother. I mean, seriously, you got to take the props now, on that. One. And and I was a big believer. Brian Christopher had input in his stuff. Of course, Gary Lawler did. Bill Dundee did. Any of his body. I think the worst mistake you can do as a booker, you won't. You're you're in game plan. You have to lay out. But if you ignore the talent, if you ignore the guys out there with their ass on the line, shedding blood, if you ignore their ideas, you're hurting your product. So that's one right. thing that I try now. If it came to, if somebody pitched something to me stupid and believe me, I've got stupid ideas pitched to me, then you have to take the responsibility to say, no, we're not doing that. However, mm -hmm. Uh, in that case, with everybody involved in rock and roll, and uh, and now, funny thing is, with rock and roll, I was a teenage, early twenties announcer when they had been here before. They left to Louisiana, they come back, and and I'm the booker, so I don't know how much credibility I had with them, but they were treated with respect and quickly. They wouldn't have wanted to come back. They didn't make money. We had them guaranteed. And, and they did make good money, and they were making more money here than they were in Smoky Mountain. So it worked out for all of us, didn't it? Thank you. And Whoopi, to ask you a question to be the interviewer for just a minute, would you say uh, mm -hmm. and your career has gone all over and, and you've, you've done new characters and done great with them, but would you say the highlight uh, was that era we're talking about, the Smoky Mountain USWA? Dude, was that when you felt you were at, at your hottest? 
Yeah, man. I mean, obviously, uh, I've, Jimmy's heard me say this on here a number of times. The Memphis stuff means more to me. Yeah, I worked for WWE a little bit as a sidekick to Farouk, took some bumps and wrote a rap and, you know, came back as Slash a few times. They were looking at me, you know, whatever. Worked at WCW, worked in ECW. But, man, Memphis is what I grew up on. Working the fairgrounds, uh, you know, when it was still there. I just recently worked there in that new building. It was odd. But, uh just that building and then Memphis TV and the Coliseum, of course, just they, that means a lot to me, you know, because we were one of the things I like. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that meant a lot to you meant a lot to me, uh, too, because basically you are you were a Nashville boy, but you were a part of a tag team. But when Jeff Jarrett returned from the WWF at the time, and I think this was. Uh, was in the '95, started '96. One of the matches that I I booked in Nashville, and we had a hell of a house. To the best of my knowledge, this would have been the first time you were booked in Nashville as a single main event. It was for the Unified World Championship with Jeff Jarrett. Speak of that, mm-hmm. if you have any, because that match meant a lot. Look to you, and it meant a lot. It drew money, and it meant a lot to the people of Nashville. And your mama, bless her heart, rest in peace, God bless her soul. She was there cheering you on. That was a magical moment that could just happen in the territory. Yeah, man, I wish we could find that somewhere on on video, man. If it ever was on video. That would be one I like to have. There's a couple out there that uh, I've never seen and probably never will. But yeah, and and Randy, I'll be honest with you. I remember, I remember that happening. I really don't remember the match all too well, uh, but I do remember it. I remember us building up to it, and you know, it did mean a lot to me. And uh, I, yeah, I just I don't remember. I know Jeff probably didn't put me over, but um, I, I don't remember what the finish was or how we did it or. You know, anything like that. Now, that's on me. That's my bad because I'm sure we had, he was back not for long. And so it was never in my mind to put you over for the sake of Nashville and the, yeah. the pop that would have been. I should have had Randy West ass there with the <laughs> camera. I should have then put it on TV and I, I, I should have, uh, would have, I should have, and he would have done it. I should have switched. That's what I was fixing right to say. There. You think Jeff would have done it at that point? Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. 100% think, think he was. Now, I don't know if I censored him. I'm thinking they'll just say there's no reason to do that because they ride together. All the silly <laughs> stuff we had to put up with yeah. <laughs> for years. But Jeff understood business and yeah. uh, was admiring the fact. How you guys went from a mid card, ha ha tag team to main event guys. So he was all in. I should have done that. I don't have a lot of regrets, but that's one of them because I think that would have elevated you. Because at the time, that was right before Brian went full time, uh, not too far from him going full time. And I just made the wrong call on that because I think, who knows, that might have extended. No, they would have. They would have still brought Larry Burton in. I would have still yeah. got pissed off. I would have still quit. And honestly, when I after I le- uh, left, they did some 
some uh, stuff with you guys, continue, but it just wasn't the same. It well, really the, and the thing was there, man, is that because I was going to bring this up earlier. You talk about how when we went from the haha to the main event, the houses came up, the the numbers in the books don't lie. People can say what they want, but it also started going down when we went to go be the nation of domination and then came back and had to be heels on Memphis TV and doing the whole nation thing. And we're working for ECW and, and three companies at the same time. And, and honestly, what we only worked a few days for, uh, for, you know, the USWA weekends, ECW Monday raw. And so, I'm not saying it's because of us, but that's a pivotal point right there where it did start going down. Yeah, and it was the same period when you guys came back because I was, for God's sake, to the nature of uh, domination. Yes. Here's the thing. I flaked out with some some issues. I think somebody said something about cocaine a little earlier, and I talked honestly about it (laughs) since in the past. Uh, yeah. But I had to take a leave of absence. Waller took over the book, mm-hmm. and I just certainly didn't tell him why I needed it. I said, man, I'm burned out. And I was burned out more than what I, I was burned out. I three years booking every single week and running the company. I was burned yeah. out. I had to get away. But People don't realize what kind period, of work People don't realize what kind of work that is, Randy. I mean, like you said, you're you're in towns every night. You're doing a lot of the booking in the car. You're uh, you're on the phone, uh, you know, at different places. I know we were just getting the you had the car phone. Didn't use it that often yeah. at home all through the day before you leave for the town because you went to every town basically. And uh, a lot of bookers didn't do that. I mean, some did, some didn't. But then you're you're getting the tapes. You're making sure they get mailed to the right TV station in Evansville and Louisville and Nashville and start it all over again. You know, start preparing for the next week because you got six days to write another TV. <laughs> so yeah, that's a lot of work. The going point on. you're making it, you're, I, I'm glad you brought it up, the, the nation and the switching the heels. It wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have played out. You know, if yeah. I wouldn't have gone away, that would would have absolutely a hundred percent never happened. It just wouldn't have uh, happened. And it's sad what ended up in the USWA without the USWA. Later on, Power Pro wouldn't have started, and you were uh, a part of. Uh, that as far as wrapping, not wrapping up this conversation, but wrapping the uh, USWA, do you have any regrets of anything besides what we just said that that we did wrong that might have hurt you guys? Any missteps? Um, no, I, I really don't. I thought we, I mean, of course, I guess if I went back and I looked at every single match and every single interview. I'm sure I could find some things to go. Eh, I I personally on myself would probably be like, I should have done that different. I should have said that, or I shouldn't have said that in that interview. Um, and, and quite frankly, sometimes I can look at myself and tell whether I was out all night the night before. So those are right, the types, right. you know, I don't want to uh, really look at and, and judge, <laughs> but it's part of it. Well, the first thing I would do in my personal life, I would have never done cocaine. Second of all, second of all, and this is an absolute 
Uh, two, I would, and we just talked about it. I want to, as the more I talk about it on this long conversation, I'm thinking, damn, I missed, I missed the <laughs> boat here. I missed the boat. But I should have switched that title to you that wow. night in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely should have. And with Jeff doing it, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he would have done it. I mean, no doubt in my mind. But absolutely. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, was my, maybe he figured the decal was finished, but I thought, okay, you over, we'll do a screw. And he figured it, maybe that's the truth. But, but yeah. you know, he was pretty good, even though he's the owner's son, but he came in for a short run. So he did not tried to dictate to me what I was doing at all. So we could have got that that done. And and, uh, and so, you know, I, I think the two keys to the success of the run from 94, 95, 96 was two things. The elevation of PG-13, I think that's so important, but you also remember in March the 7th, 1994, for Monday Night Memories, before I even started booking and before PG started the run, the, the other big step that that I did brought Lance Russell back to Memphis. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I think that's a huge, huge, huge part. And here's yes. one of my favorite things. We switched one of the greatest things we ever did. Probably a Tommy Rich idea. Certainly he had input in, in the thing. We had the hills jumping, you guys. You were looking for a partner. And we did the deal where you were going to pay Tommy Rich to be your yeah. uh, your partner. He came out and basically stole money for you. That's one of the most things I'm proud of, folks. If you can find that on YouTube, it was great. Yeah. But the performance from Lance Russell, even though Tommy was great and everybody, PG was great, everybody was great. Lance right. Russell... This is the key of getting stuff stuff over. And Tommy did a little, or Lance did a little thing after Tommy stole your money, Wolfie. Stole yeah. Jamie's money, laughed at you, and walked up. And, and Lance just had the conversation. And I didn't, I told him the story. I didn't tell him what to say, but he basically, I just don't understand this. So I know Tommy Rich since before he even started wrestling. The yeah. ironic thing is, he's a good family man. He really <laughs> is a great husband, and he's a great father. And then raised his voice. But these two young kids that work their butt off and make their money, they can't just afford to just give away money like this when they need help. Good God, I'm just never been as disappointed in my life with somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how Lance Russell, Jimmy, walked. That's what he brought. Did I, I didn't tell him to say that. It was right. just the gut instinct. And that yeah. added the credibility. And another big part of that PG run was Russell. There's no way uh, to not give Lance credit. And I think Wolfie will be one of the first. I think everybody I've given credit, like, Tommy and Doug, great. And I think I like that program better than the Smoky Mountain USWA program because I like family shit and bringing <laughs> Mama D in, Papa D in, Mama Rich in. It was great, great stuff. I love that deal. Lance Russell just put us over the top. Do you agree, yeah. Will? 
I agree. I agree, man. I, you know, some people say Gordon Soley. Some people say Jr. I say Lance Russell, man. And yes, I'm, I grew up on it. But like you said, he had a way. He knew the moves, uh, but he he had a way of just making it in layman's terms and and hitting those, like you said, pulling on those heartstrings sometimes, or or getting mad when he needed to get mad or feeling frustrated, but always staying. You know, pretty much unbiased, but you know, obviously he, he would get frustrated with the heels. But that, you know, uh, my, philo- I, my philosophy, real, my philosophy, real quick. I think since you grew up in in Georgia or in Florida, people watching would say, "Man, Gordon Soley yeah. is my wrestling announcer." Now right. the difference is the people growing up in Memphis would say, "Lance Russell." He's my friend. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah. They thought he came in to their living room via TV every single week, and it was Grandfather Lance, Brother Lance, Uncle Lance. It didn't matter. He was a part of your family. And to me, that's what sets him apart from anybody else. JR's great. A lot of people, Dave Brown is great. I mean, I was just fixing to say, uh, I feel that there's a thing that, you know, Dave was no Lance. They were a team, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like Gordon Sully was by himself. uh, And you kind of associate King and JR together a little bit. But they were like a little team, man. And they played off each other and, and, and they were. Like in fuck, uh, Dave's giving you your weather every night, and then you see him on Saturday mornings on wrestling. <laughs> like you said, with with Lance, he's your friend. So yeah, you know those guys, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think it was it was just a fantastic thing. Man, Absolutely. you told me you needed thirty minutes, and I knew with me and you together on this conversation, there's no way we could do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the USWA ended and then, you know, a couple months later, you had Power Pro. So from 98 to 2000, in that time frame of Power Pro, the amount of names that you had coming in there to, I mean, to put on some great shows that this is the first time that I really really started and i know this is backwards but i had to watch the uswa stuff through tape traders at local shows and stuff like that but the power pro stuff was really where i first picked up on true real-time memphis wrestling so just you know talk about i guess with power pro where do you think it could have gone had it worked out essentially well the first thing that i'll admit i'll say by the way, in the Power Pro run during the whole time, I was 100% straight. So I don't have any excuses that I was doing silly stuff. I was 100% straight. I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you. I am a better booker, uh, better creative guy, better announcer, everything than I am a businessman. I yeah. think I made choices business-wise that that I, I do regret. And obviously it was a political, we, we started out basically house show business, but we had TV revenue. Then when we got the very first WWF developmental area, 
I don't think I politic. Believe it or not, everybody knows Jim Cornette doesn't politic, but he politics <laughs> for a long time with the WWF. And I regret I didn't. If I didn't give a shit what they said, they were paying me money. I had a bad attitude to theirs. So the first run of developmental guys in Power Pro, uh, Sean Stasiak and Matt Bloom, who runs uh, the uh, developmental center now, it's Botto here. He did a great job. We had Kurt Angle. We had uh, Daniel Bryan as the American Dragon. You know, oh, yeah. I think uh, if there wasn't the firing or the quitting or whatever it was, the Jerry Walter because of the cat, and I had the choice that that I was given uh, that if I wanted to keep the deal, I couldn't use Jerry Lawler on my television. Mm. Uh, and it was toward the end of my run or my contract and I thought well I thought Waller's more value so I went with Waller instead but I think if Power Pro would have continued I think it was a three year deal and they had plans TV stations the lifeblood of their income is the news they wanted, they wanted the wrestling studio that's what killed nothing else was deciding the news people wanted the wrestling studio that's mm. the true reason it went out. If it didn't go out, you tell me. Because uh, yeah. I'm telling you, look at the next era of guys in developmental, don't you, that went to Louisville. They obviously would have been more benefit to do the live TV in Memphis. We'd have had Randy Orton. We'd have had John yeah. Cena. We'd have had Batista. It goes on and on and on. So I think where it would have gone, and I think that if I would have got smarter business-wise as a businessman, I think I think it's still it could still be going uh, today. And with the backing of a AEW or a AEW or a WWE, I think we would have had uh, that long-term success for sure. Oh, man. I'm real proud of the 154 shows, the three years we did. We did the only live remote in prime time wrestling program in the history of local wrestling in Memphis when we did Rumble on the River at Tom Lee Park downtown, 4th of July, 1998. Again, mm-hmm. Whoopi came in. I'm real proud of the, the stuff that when we debuted him, made it personal. When he came, came in after I was refusing to, to put Doug on things. Just so I have fond, uh, fond memories fond memories of Power Pro. Who owns the tape library, if you don't mind me asking? I do. Oh, Randy, that is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I've tried to negotiate with the uh, WWE before. I haven't got it uh, done at all. I do a watch party on all my social media, Randy Hales on Facebook and at RB Hales on Twitter. It's a real good looking show. I do Mondays and Tuesdays, the Power Pro show. We're, we're um, this next week it'll be, I think, show number 22, 23, something like that. That's awesome. I have fun with that. And I'm very proud of Power Pro, and I'm glad that, uh, that I was told that you want to talk about Power Pro. I'm very, very, very proud of it. You should be. It was an amazing product. And I agree. The sky was the limit on that one. You know, to me, there's so much that modern guys could learn 
from watching the, that three years, those 154 episodes. Seriously, the, the storytelling, you know, doing so many things. I mean, you had Kurt Angle, you had Rock, you had The Rock, you had, I mean, you had the Anoais, you had the three-minute warning team before they were that. You know, you had so many great guys coming in there that some are even unfortunately gone now. But those three years, you guys, I mean, seriously, it felt like you were almost about to land on the moon, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? You were going to yeah, colonize a I new take, company, you know? <laughs> yeah, I take, I take, I needed somebody handling the business in. I'm just uh, creative, but to let that person stay away from the creative part. But my philosophy, and I'll see if Wolfie agrees, because this is what I tried to do with Pop Pro, and it was about a year in before he uh, came in. That's a long story. Anyway, my <laughs> philosophy that Power Pro Wrestling was Memphis Wrestling with a new twist. Old right. school with the new twist was basically my philosophy. Well, do you have any memories of that? Do you do you think I'm right on that? A new look, Memphis Wrestling. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was just a yeah a, a more updated look. I mean, not a whole lot, but I mean, I, you were trying to. Uh, Take a little bit of the the Past. old school, yeah. the old school less polish. You know, the, you're trying to polish it up a little bit to make it look more modern. Right the, now, Buddy yeah. Wayne didn't like my stuff. Who? Buddy Wayne. Oh hell no! Oh come on! Hey. <laughs> he didn't like the direction we were giving it. At times Bill did not either. But yeah. I, I was watching you. You're doing a segment that will conclude this about modern wrestling. But here's the thing that I knew watching WCW Nitro and I knew watching Monday Night Raw and the start of the Attitude Era and all that. It wasn't granddad's wrestling no more. Right. I knew you would have to evolve it. We did a thing with Tony Williams, kid wicked kind of, we didn't have him talk about shit and gimmick and old people and you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff, and, and and it got over. But, yeah, I, I, I'm just uh, I'm very happy watching these shows back. And, and Jimmy, it's on my Why don't you send me a, a, uh, a friend, friend, friend with, with request, and we'll, we'll uh, you can watch the show on Monday night, and we'll give the inside stuff. The Tuesday show talking Memphis wrestling with Michael St. John and a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. We had Lance Russell's son, Shane, uh, a guest on the show last night. It was mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. So, Jimmy, just send me a Facebook request. Follow me on Twitter, and, and you can watch the stuff. I love it. I will do that. You you know I'll be there for sure. And I, I really feel like, you know, this leads it in. I, we, we always try to go naturally on this show. So with that being said, you know, let's talk about current affairs. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. All 
All right, we're back with current affairs on this very special one-year birthday episode with one of our golden guests, one of the guests that we've wanted from the start, the third member of PG-13, <laughs> Mr. Randy Hales. And Randy, again, we thank you so much for being here. To start it out, this question of current affairs, obviously everyone is talking about it. Vince McMahon. So the Vince craziness continues, basically, allegedly $12 million to at least five to six women in hush money to keep, you know, allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity over over last 16 years. You know, even a female wrestler was involved. And, you know, I don't want to get in too big of a specifics, but do you think he survives this, I guess, Randy? And then talk a little bit about your thoughts of this. You know, that's a hard question in 99% of corporate America, he wouldn't survive it. Absolutely. He would have been gone when the first allegation came out. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm not into the stock market. I'm not into public companies knowing much about it, but what I hear that happens, he still owns 80% of the class A stock, which is the vote, the, the, the votes that means the most. He has 80% of it and probably all together with, with the controlling stock in, in the votes. So do I think he survives? I think that, honestly, corporate America, like I said, he wouldn't survive at FedEx. He wouldn't survive at Apple. He absolutely not. And even though this was always the wild, wild west, once you go corporate, it's not wild, wild west. But I really don't think in the last of Vince McMahon, I think he, unless the stocks go down, which it hadn't. Now, if the stocks go down, different situation. But right now, I don't think uh, he'll do it himself, say, best off for the company. If I just walk away, I sell my stocks, I do this. I don't think, because right, this is all he does. Absolutely. He's 76 years old. That's all he's ever done. Right. I don't think, I don't think he'll step down again, unless, uh, unless the stock crashes that I don't see it. If it hadn't happened, it's not going to happen. And I don't see them able to do it themselves. I don't think they can get rid of it. I really don't. Unless it's proven that he's done something illegal and, I'm not seeing anything illegal. Was it bad choices? Do you, if some of the stuff's true, like use corrosion or you, you know, uh, using his power for sexual favors and whatever's out there that I don't know if it's true or not. Absolutely right. don't know. But if he did do that, then he paid money to have the person uh, go away. I just anybody that was hurt in the matter. I hate that, and the fact that people online is all, oh, uh, they got money, they got paid. Well, I'm glad they got paid, because that's a traumatic thing. So, yeah. so you know, it's one of those things, I'd like to hear Whoopi's thoughts on that, and he said at the beginning he wants to, to shoot with this, the true feelings, and I, so my feelings <laughs> is I don't think he's going uh, nowhere because I don't think it can happen with the the stock. I think it's unprofessional. Do I think probably it's time for somebody else to take over? 
Yes, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? I pretty much agree with pretty, uh, everything you said. I See, I don't know about the stocks and all that kind of stuff, but again, it's Vince, man. Um, and like the main thing that that's happened from what I understand, and I don't, I haven't followed it too closely. I'm not into it. Like I was Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, but, uh, you know, he hasn't done anything criminal and he did pay these people right. and they accepted that right. money. So, right. you know, I don't know, man. Right. I, like you said, I ain't condoning shit. I'm just saying, <laughs> right. It's it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I gotta say, I gotta say, we're gonna go off subject real quick. We're talking about professionally. One of my proudest moments, Jimmy. I'm gonna tell you the most emotional and funnest, and uh, still affects especially Whoopi today. And that memory will never leave my mind. We had a uh, a show in Louisville on a Sunday night, and it was a blow-off to this, the blow-off to the Smoky Mountain USWA thing. Whoopi's lady was pregnant, was having a baby, but this is what a pro this son of a gun is. He met, or I went, maybe went by the hospital and picked him up. We went to Louisville. Uh, Frank Morrell well, I drove. I drove from uh, somewhere up around where I live now. I drove on the Daniel Boone Parkway from. It was, I think we were doing Smoky Mountain that night, or something. And uh, I drove because their water broke. And I drove from way up there all the way to Nashville in our car. I'm by IROC fucking 100 miles an hour with the flashers on. Dropped her off at the hospital, and then I don't know if I picked you up or whatever, but I know. Some kind of way, I sped back to fucking, I guess with you, I don't know. And then yeah, you sped me, back me. to Louisville and made it. Yeah. And then yeah. she was born and, while. And then I, re I remember when we got, here's the thing, you know, and I want everybody to know, some people have it, some people don't. Does it seem a little like uh, maybe um, the girl, maybe that's why you're not with the girl, because you chose, <laughs> you were having a baby. But yeah. you were booked in the main event of a blow-off program. You wasn't going to miss that for nothing. Right. Know you did, and, and we drove a hundred. I remember calling Lawler and telling Lawler what the house was. It was, you know, about $20,000 on on a Sunday after noon, and I told him, and then I uh, told him about uh, Casey, and he got on the phone and congratulated you for the uh, for the for having the baby, that sort of thing. But, yeah, it's funny. All the... Millions of miles I put on the road is a big thing. Spotlight a trip uh, that will live with you for your whole life. I know this is, I think it's, it just humanizes Whoopi to, to the audience. He, sacri he sacrificed being there at the hospital in case he was born, but busted his ass, and, and we busted every law and known man as far as driving's concerned to get him there. And I walked in the room, so Wooly, I don't know if you remember that. The first yeah. time you saw Casey, I saw Casey. Right. <laughs> I walked in the room. And with I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go real deep on this to just let people know. Cause like you said, man, like t in today's day and age, most people would not think of doing something like that. Uh they would take their you know, most of the wrestlers They'd even be crucified. They'd yeah. be crucified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh so 
just recently, uh, within the past year, I'll say, my daughter has, she knows of that story and she really has a big resentment towards me for it. And did I force you to do it or did you want to do it? Did no, I no, make no, you no. do it? No, 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 no. No, that was, I knew I couldn't miss that. But as I've tried to explain to her, I, it was a different time, you know, things are, <laughs> things were different then. And I was doing what I thought was, was right. That was how I put food on the table. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I, that's what I had to do. You don't, you, like you said, people paid money to show up for a big match and, you know, they want, cause that was a big show. I forget. It wasn't the Louisville, the big Louisville show, but it was a Louisville show that was, it was a blow off. Of the, it was a blow off on the program and Louisville outdrew Memphis. Uh, it really did. Yeah. Louisville outdrew yeah. Memphis. That's how hot we were in Louisville. And yeah. I could, I couldn't no show that. And I knew it. Right. You know, and, and like yeah, I said, well, I hate, I hate it that, and you know, I haven't seen her since the day she was born. Not yeah. one time. You yeah. Know, things change in life. Yeah. Change. We live in different parts of the world. Yeah. Of us are away. So I hadn't, if I ran into her, uh, downtown Jonesboro, I wouldn't have no, and she no. know who I am because she's, she's watched, may probably have watched the tape. She doesn't know me as an old man. I'm 60 years old. Yeah. But, you know, I would not know her. Wouldn't yeah. have a clue. Yeah. That's something I thought was important. For sure. To say in a real cool yeah. deal. But I like this segment we're doing. This is fun. Uh, well, okay, cool. So I got one that I want to hear your true and honest opinion on this one. So recently, as we all know, wrestling fans who watch network TV, there has been a very popular TV show on about the young days of the biggest Hollywood star, as we all know, called Young Rock. So, you know, Wolfie and I, we've talked in depth about the USWA scenes. When it was on, I was squinting really hard to see PG-13 somewhere in there, but unfortunately they didn't make it in there. But what were your thoughts of the USWA episodes of the Young Rock? I didn't watch but one or two of them, to tell you the truth. It's just that. I'm kind of caught up. I'll watch AEW on Wednesday. I'll watch the big WWE premium events, but I didn't watch much of the deal. So I, I can tell you that uh, my vivid memories of the time The Rock was in here, Jim Ross was the talent relationship guy and said, said hey, Randy, said, we've signed uh, Dewey Johnson. And back then, everybody called him Dewey and I had known him since he was since he was just a young young man in in the the probably mid seventies coming to the matches with his dad Rocky Johnson and say say we've signed Dewey and I knew Dewey had played football and I knew that he was athletic and I knew he was a natural I've always liked second generation wrestlers he said said you have a spot and this was we were unofficially developmental we would work work in relationship with the wf and i went crazy i said oh yeah well taking us out i'll have some some hills jumping and then then we'll uh, have uh rocky uh come in and do a father and son team and draw some money and he said oh no randy you can't do that i said why can't we do that he said vince uh has a name and he said that it will be the biggest star in the history of wrestling. Now, 
it's arguable, but uh, I'll argue on the right side, especially mainstream with the movies. He is the biggest star. But Vince had a name, and the name that I was forced to call him, I'll say that in a minute, but I couldn't refer to the fact that he was Rocky Johnson's son or High Chief Peter Mavia's grandson. I couldn't acknowledge that as at all. He was just Lex Cavana. Right. So I'm just thinking right now, those days, and he didn't, he was a natural. I'm not saying I knew he'd be the hottest movie star in the world in the attitude era, the run he had. I, I'm not saying that, but I knew he would be a big, big, big star uh, someday, just not at that level. But I regret, if you ask me, USWA regret, uh, one of the regrets was I was forced to call freaking uh, The Rock. Lex Cavana, and then <laughs> they saw that it didn't work. I mean, the people didn't uh, click w- with it, and even though uh, we put him with Bart Sawyer, and they were the USWA taking champions, and we did give him a push, and he ended up dropping a loser league town match on TV uh, to Jerry Lawler on his last show. I think we could have done so much, much more. Yeah. I'd like to hear Whoopi's opinion on that. Man, the first night that me and Jamie were the cyberpunks and he came in, Union City, Tennessee, you know, this is Rocky Johnson's son, blah, blah, okay. So we're out there, and I'm pretty sure it was one of those no dressing room connected buildings back in the day. And um, it was in Kenton, Missouri, Wolf, and I wasn't there. You sure? I'm sure, because I'll tell the story if you're not going this way. You called me, or Jamie called me, when you got back to the motel that night. But but still, I'm getting ahead of your story. Go ahead. Well, just saying, because you thought he was, I'm queuing again. Uh, the listeners will have to deal with me snacking. This has been a long episode. Um, <laughs> you knew it would be with me, man. So I, so I lock up with him, and I call something that ended in me hip-tossing him. And he... Uh, you know, probably tackle drop down, something stupid. And uh, I give him the hip toss, and he puts his right hand on the mat and does like a cartwheel and lands on his back. And I walked over to Jamie, and I said, I thought y'all said this was Rocky Johnson's son. <laughs> I said, he's fucking terrible. <laughs> That's the rib there. And here's the thing. I guess it was you and not Jamie, because Jamie didn't make a habit of calling me, and I certainly didn't call him a lot. So I guess it was... You to call me, and I was at home, and you said, said hey, do you got uh, Flex Cavana? Do you got uh, Dwayne on TV? I said, yes. He said, you need to change it, and you need to change it quick. Said, <laughs> he is uh, horrible, and you don't need to put him on your TV. <laughs> I think I, I think, do you remember that, Wolfie? No, <laughs> I don't doubt it. Yeah. I don't doubt it. I just don't recall that part. Yeah, and, and I said, "Well, I have him booked against Tony Falk. It'll be fine. It yeah. will be fine." And, yeah. and uh, again, he did a fine job and, and got it quick. I thought, was he great at that time? No, he yeah. was not. But I think he was on his way to being great. Yeah, he right. Started. I'm sure none of. Uh, you at the point you were uh, a natural. I think Brian Christopher was a natural. Jeff Jarrett was a natural. Even though 
over the years, all three of you progressed, absolutely uh, progressed. All three, uh, two of the guys, Brian and Jeff, second generation wrestlers, and and Dwayne is, Wolfie certainly might as well have been a, a second <laughs> generation wrestler. He was raised in the thing, but I had over, uh, I had every confidence he would be a, uh, be successful in this business uh, for sure. But, uh, and I never saw the fact that I, I didn't see that match. And maybe if I was in attendance, saw that I might've put him off the TV. If it was as bad as you say, and you were <laughs> not, you were one to not, you really right. weren't. And for you, I was concerned because you, I think I can't take of another thing, time. You called me and, and <laughs> told me to take this person off of your TV. <laughs> uh, God, but, I'm awful. but I, I'm a hundred percent sure you did that. A hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Wolfie yeah. D tried to get the rock banned from television. <laughs> I mean, that's the headline right there. <laughs> well, See, you, you, know, did, you did good shit with me. Yeah. <laughs> you, you yeah. Your, I'm a little hot now. Yeah. I'll cut a little program because a big factor in the early days of Wolfie D is me, obviously, because I'm the guy, as he had the words, that had the balls or the guts or whatever to put PG-13, <laughs> when nobody else had, and I'm the one that put my ass on the line to do yeah. that. Then yeah. he's, he is, I think we put that in evidence early in the show, Ron. <laughs> I think that's already in, I, I think that's already in evidence. Now <laughs> I am just saying that my feelings are heard. I cannot believe it, even though he's, said to me several different times we're what 50 shows in what number show is this do we know this is technically 53 so it's a start of a new you know we do it weekly every every monday so yeah so we're 53 weeks into this dang program <laughs> and i'm not important enough to well, get a show i have to wait 53 weeks and i know what you're trying to tell me you're trying to we saved save your story for the last once we establish I know what you're going to con me on. I'm no, what I'm going to, what I'm going to, it's going to be even better than that. What I'm okay. telling you is now we actually have more listeners than we did at the beginning. So more right. people are going to hear this. Right. And also we've got, we, we start a YouTube channel where the, the podcast go on audio only at first. And now we're starting to add some of our back episodes, kind of like the Cornette still shot, but the whole show uh, on YouTube right. for people that like to do it there. So we kind of broadened our audience a little bit, too. So that's a good thing okay. in regards that they're going to listen to this and your listeners or, or my listeners will probably go listen to you and vice versa. When you tell everybody on your podcast that I was just you were just on my show and tell them to come listen to me. It's a win for everybody. Now. <laughs> Now, let's do some business here. Now, now, I am doing this show. I'm still in this line from my old Jimmy Dean line on uh, Statler Brothers' farewell concert. He, Jimmy Dean comes out and saying, and he said, I am doing this, people, gratis. What that <laughs> means is I'm doing this for free. Now, then Jimmy Dean then says, now, I want you ladies to all remember, I'm doing this gratis and I'm doing this for free, but I want you to remember, the, of course, Jimmy Dean of Jim, Jimmy Dean Sausage. I want you to remember the name Jimmy Dean when you ladies go to the grocery store 
and buy sausage. Now, yeah. I don't sell sausage, but I do programs on Mondays and, and Tuesdays, and I want you, and this is what I would like to, the best bet is Facebook, Randy has on Facebook, also on Twitter. Thank you so much for being a part of the team here today with us, Randy. Obviously, you have an open door to come back at any time. So thank you so much for that. Wolfie, take us out, brother. Yeah, man. And I'm eating again. <laughs> take us out. I'm fixing That's a, not well, very professional. I'm fixing, very a, professional. I'm fixing to cook up something really good to eat because I done worked out once today. I'm going to go again, but I haven't really eaten much, so I'm starving to death. So anyway, <laughs> folks. Thank you for listening to this one-year birthday of Live and in Color with Wolfie D. We thank Randy Hale so much for being on today. We could go for hours with this stuff. And like like we said, he's got an open door to come back and we can talk some more. And I'll probably go on his show very soon. So keep a listen out for that. For Wolfie D, Jimmy Screet, and Randy Hales, this is Wolfie D saying so long. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, to the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show, and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders, you can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. Decibel Geek, wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. 
Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Uh, I'm on Instagram, at Warren Wolf 13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Live Wolfie D. And then on YouTube, at Live and in Color with Wolfie D Podcast. Our website is anchor.fm slash Wolfie D. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. Also, do you have a product or business you'd like Wolfie D to talk about? Let us know about it by leaving a recorded message over at anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. Leave your name and contact info and we'll get back to you. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash Wolfie D slash message. And before we go, you can always find me your host jimmy street at james rock street on twitter instagram and youtube and hey jimmy before we go real quick i just want to add in there uh from the bottom of my heart i really appreciate first of all the work you've done for this podcast you have worked your butt off secondly the people that are liking the page beyond that even more is the people that are listening and we really appreciate that yeah and remember guys the podcast drops a new episode every monday at noon and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats thanks again i got a cap for you don't he got a cap and here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it, color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap, unlike any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G, plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping reasons. First white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick, it makes your ears get infected. Bad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better be right. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you want to get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Then I'm driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby Huh, I got a cap for your dome I got a cap for your dome We got a cap for your dome We got a cap for your dome This has been a James Rock Street production